You're listening to Bowls Australia's official podcast, The Right Line, rolling you through the latest from the world of bowls. Subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Right Line, Bowls Australia's official podcast, episode 48 today. We're getting so close to raising the bat. It's, well, it's more than a lot of scores that Australia has made in India over the past month. So, yeah, we're getting up there. But uh, Val Ferbo here with you and Clive Adams joining me as he always does. Clive, how are you? Very well, thanks, Val. Hello to you and to our listeners. And, yes, it's uh, back, you know, 48 episodes. Um it's pretty good stuff, isn't it? And yeah. not far off that big five though. No, I can raise the bat then, and I'm looking forward to it very much in two weeks. But um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week on the bowls front. We've had a bit of news coming through with Steve Glasson being selected as part or as the uh, chairman of selectors. Um, so really exciting stuff there. But we've also had Clive four Australian high performance bowlers that have been selected to fill in at the World Bowls Indoor Championships in May. And one of those, Grace Maloney, she is going to join us on the show as well. She'll be teaming up with Jamaica's Martin Edwards. So looking forward to chatting to her in this first segment. And then after that, we're going to have a roll back the clock chat with trainer Marisa Lawler and David Vanderwaal, who's also, or he's sort of heading it up at Bowls Australia as the diversity and inclusion manager. So really looking forward to those two chats this afternoon, especially with Grace, who is on the path to doing something pretty special to compete for a world title at just 20 years of age. I think that's really, really exciting for her. Yeah, it's a somewhat unique opportunity that presents, isn't yeah. it? And we've we've seen we've seen those four players drawn from all different parts of the of the squads. So um, you know, really, we've got representation across um, nearly all of those different pathways and um, and emerging and even para um, squads, which is fantastic. So it's 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 brilliant to see our players getting an opportunity on what is a world stage. Um, and you know, if they win or lose, doesn't matter. There's going to be valuable, valuable experience gained by all four of these players that are getting this opportunity. Yeah, 100%. And I'm really looking forward to hearing Grace's comments about the experience and what she's hoping to achieve at the tournament. The other players that will be going, so it'll be Serena Bonnell. So she, the para Jackaroo, she, she just continues to inspire and continues to drive diversity and inclusion. And she's just a wonderful, wonderful exponent of this sport, isn't she? Still one of the favourite interviews I think we've ever yeah. done on on the right line with the the inspiration that uh, that Serena brings, um, even not necessarily wanting to bring inspiration, but she does anyway, just with the the person and uh, and character that she is. So so pleased to see her rewarded with this opportunity, and it's so well deserved. It really is, and she'll be teaming up with Hungary Zoltan Pavelka. So he recently represented Hungary at the World Champion of Champions in uh, in Nainai in December last year, at the start of December, where Carla Krasanik unfortunately was just pipped at the post, um, and she got a silver medal. And then uh, Chloe Morrison, she'll be there. She's been at a lot of national events. She's been around for a long time. She'll be teaming up with Swedish bowler Pontus Palmqvist, who bowls out of Bondi in Sydney. So that would be a really interesting one. Um, I, I want to try and get him on the show, actually, to talk about what got him into bowls. Um, we'll talk about Chloe, or we'll talk with Grace later about her team. Um, and then also Lauren Banks. She's been a silver medalist at the Australian Championships before. She's teaming up with Fiji's Zainal Muhammad. So really looking forward to seeing what they can do in May. Unfortunately for them, the competition, well... They might they might actually have to come up against Aaron Sheriff and Kelsey Cottrell. 
I'm looking forward to asking Grace about that, actually, because yeah. uh, it's a pretty dynamite combination that Australia has for this one. But uh, I, I love the the mix even of, of characters that we've got in those four players that you just named. Um, you know, probably a, a couple of quieter ones and a couple that are a bit more boisterous and a bit, yeah. more, uh, a bit more out there. So it's going to be uh, wonderful characters around this event. Yeah, certainly, and yeah, can't wait to get up to Warilla in May and uh, and see it all unfold. But speaking of Warilla in May, someone that is going to be there is Grace Maloney, right at home. Pathways Jackaroo joins us right now down the line. Grace, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciated. Uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on. So congratulations on the selection. Very, very exciting news. How excited are you to be competing for World Glory? Uh, I think I'm still a little bit in shock. Like when people will say, oh, congratulations, you big, I'm like, yeah, I actually can't believe myself either. But now nah, it's a very great opportunity and I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah. And what was the reaction when you found out? Um, well, Kaz rang me during my lunchtime. So I thought, oh, I can't miss a phone call from Kaz. <laughs> so I left my heart beating rap and went and answered the phone. And yeah, I can't believe it because I thought, because um, you would know that Matthew Northcott left as our coach from our Pathways team. So I thought she might have just been ringing up about that and wanting to chat about it. And then she goes, yeah, you've been selected to play for the World Cup. And I didn't really believe it at first. And then it kind of sank in a little bit afterwards. And I couldn't wait to go and tell my dad. He was the first person I went and told. So, yeah, still a bit shocked, actually. Yeah. So tell us about that because uh, you, you, your dad was the first one you wanted to tell. Is there a, is there a history of bowls in the family? Is that is that what that's about? Yeah, so my dad and I, we still play for Arthurden. So we still play together and we do a lot of mixed pairs together as well. I think it's just, yeah, so he's been along my whole journey, I suppose. So it's really nice just to share those couple more steps I've been taking as well. So, so you were excited about it. Mm-hmm. As that compares to how he, how excited he was about it, which one was, uh, which one was most excited? I reckon I can probably guess. I think it was still me, actually. Oh, really? Like, Impressive. I, thought, I thought when Dad, I still think he believes it. Like, yeah, like you know, <laughs> yep, I'm definitely playing. But yeah, I said I remember going out because I walked outside because I couldn't. I knew I had to be confident. I couldn't have anyone else hear what I was saying. I said I feel like crying. Like I had no idea what to do. And I said, I'll bring you back in 10 minutes and bring you back in five minutes. And be like, you know what? I'm playing. Like, this is, yeah, so unreal. But, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And talking about uh, your dad getting you into bowls, how, how old were you when you first started? Yeah, so I was actually asked by a girl to play um, in Sapsaza uh, when I was in year five. So then my dad already played. So it was kind of just a tumbling year that I kind of ended up in bowls. And I've this will be my 11th season playing. So I've been playing for a while now. And yeah, still Arthurden, which is good. So supporting a little country town. Yeah, look, the the South Australian bowl scene. It's been quite uh, quite a nice breeding ground for young players coming through. Um, you know, obviously we know of, we know of Kate and people like that as well that are in that are in the pathway squads and the Jackaroo squads. Um, but I, I can go back a few years where the, the South Australian state women's team was was full of of young players. Are they people that you've engaged with over time and and been able to been able to learn from? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like I've only just entered into the women's team um, a few years ago now, so I think it's been a great opportunity to be able to look up to that and be like, this is what I've got to rise to and become, and yes, keep up to those standards really. So, and then obviously some of them still play now, which is great. So they pass on their experience and their different yeah styles they've had over the years, being able to play at nationals and yeah passing on all of that information, which has been great. 
and all of that experience that you've had at nationals and playing these national events, how much do you think that helps you in terms of, obviously it's very different, but how much will you sort of lean on those experiences when you head over to Warilla in May? Yeah, I think it's definitely like the atmosphere as well, like being able to, because obviously I play in the country, so we don't really see much of the atmosphere. So I love going away with um, the SA team and competing interstate. And I think it's just the connections you have with other players as well. And yeah, the atmosphere, like I think it's people underestimate when you try and explain, oh, like, you know, when you go, oh, yeah, good ball and everyone's like clapping and everything, how different that is for everyone. So yeah, it's definitely built on some experiences and it's good to see the different levels of competition as well. It's definitely up the game for me as well. All right, let's talk about your teammates. So uh, Martin Edwards from Jamaica. Do you know much about Martin and uh, and have you had any contact with him yet? No, no, I haven't. I I would like to reach out. But just sometimes you don't know where to start when you're reaching to someone overseas. But no, I've read up a little bit about him and obviously his dad's in the Commonwealth Games Um last year so but other than that I really haven't yeah had time to sit down and do much more about yeah connecting with him so I think maybe you'll have to you'll have to put some uh, studies in around Jamaica and just mm. learn a little bit about learn a little bit about the country and uh, yeah. and how it all works I think so yes it would be a good start. We should have done a quiz. We should have yeah. done a Jamaica oh, quiz. No. We actually should have. I can do some research very quickly <laughs> now. <laughs> and nothing about Usain Bolt either. That's too easy. No. <laughs> well, I could definitely answer questions. That'd probably be my, my extent though. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, now, talk to us about the prospect. We know the Australian team that is going over and we know that the two players, are Aaron Sheriff and Kelsey Cottrell, so they're so they're moderately all right. They go all right. Um, yeah. 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 They're pretty yep. good. They've, they've pretty yeah. much won everything there is to win in singles play over the last year, so nothing of it. But um, talk to us about uh, the prospect of facing them and how exciting that could be if you do come up against two of the best players in the world. Oh, I think that would be wicked to play against them. I think it's, it's one opportunity to play for your country and then to verse your own country. I think that's weird in itself, but such a great opportunity at the same time. So if I, yeah, because like the only whenever I get to verse people like that would be only at the Australian Open or at national. So to play them in a different sense again, would yeah, it's awesome. I really I hope we do get to play against them. Obviously, you talked about um, talking with Kaz, and you know, are there other players like uh, perhaps an Ellen Ryan, you know, Commonwealth Games gold medalist, and and Kelsey herself? Are the, are the players that you specifically look up to, Grace, and and you know, would love to follow in footsteps? Yeah, I think so. I think the whole Australian team in itself, I think everyone individually has so much to offer. And But I think, yeah, like those players, when you're playing, following the footsteps of playing, playing in the same competition as them, I think that's really great step forward and really sets the bar high. So I hopefully I can meet those standards and, yeah, rise to the bar. And, Grace, you've been in the pathways uh, or the high performance setup for a while now. Uh, how, what are you taking away from it at the moment and, and what are the biggest learnings that you've had since you joined the squad? Yeah, I love the Pathway squad. Um, I think our little group in SA is so good, but it's also good to be connected to those interstate as well. And I think my biggest learning would definitely have to be knowing that, like, anything's possible. Like, I think I've really worked hard to build my confidence and call some bigger shots and play some bigger shots just in the sense of even training and being able to implement that, hopefully, yeah, at these bigger competitions. So. I was just going to say, what about the the other three players that are getting that opportunity uh, alongside yourself? Have you had a chance to catch up with uh, with any of them yet? And will you? 
Um, probably not before we head over. I did message uh, Lauren Banks to say congratulations, but that's kind of the extent, um, extent of it really. So, yeah, I really hopefully, well, we head over a day before, I think, so it'd be great to do like a dinner or something and sit down with them. But I have um, spoken to them previously, but, yeah, not since we've been selected. Perfect. Looking, well, it sounds very exciting. Now, uh, I do know that you're at uni, uh, Grace. Now, what mm-hmm. are you studying and um, how long is the course and how are you finding it? Yes, yeah, so I'm doing ag science, um, which I changed. I was originally doing nutrition exercise science, which I loved, then decided I'll change into ag, a bit of a country girl, couldn't take it from me. So I went back um, and I'm in my second year now, so I've got one year to go after this year. Oh, very but, nice. yeah, loving it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And have you spoken to Taylor Mail much about, because uh, he's an agronomist and I know he's been mm-hmm. around, the, uh, around the Pathway Squad. So have you had much to do with Taylor and gotten any agronomy tips? Yeah, so it was funny. Kaz actually put me on to Talon and both Will Will Code as well. They were both doing agronomy and um, obviously in different pathways. I'm looking into doing more grains and that yep. there in horticulture. So um, it was definitely interesting to talk to them. I actually was doing an internship. So I ended up contacting them later being like, oh, can you offer us anything? Which was really cool. Just those little connections. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's funny how it all works out in the end. And and tell us about uh, have you always been into sport? Is uh, other other sports and things like that? Uh, you said you you started I think you said fifteen. But um, uh, what about other sports? Is 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 that something that's always interested you? Yeah, so I played hockey my whole life. So I'm hockey during the winter. So I've just started preseason again. Um, and then I play a bit of tennis during the summer. So. They're kind of my three sports that I uh, kind of lean towards. Ah, very brilliant, nice. and and I'm sure the uh, the competitive nature in you comes out in every one of them. I'm sure. Yes, yeah, it's a bit of more ability to run around and yeah, take out a few more people. So yeah. it's good. <laughs> Fair enough. And if you had to model your uh, your tennis game on anybody, who would it be? Oh no, I couldn't do that. I <laughs> yeah, I haven't played in a few years. I just have a good hit around, but ah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. If you had have said Roger Federer, you would have gotten an A-plus in my book, so oh, you could have time. said it. Nah, that's all right. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll let you go, Grace. Thank you very much for joining us here on The Right Line. It's been a pleasure. Good luck in Warilla in May, and we yeah. can't wait to see your Thank results. You hopefully uh, hopefully, you and Martin can uh, go a long way to getting a medal. It'll be a wonderful story, and, uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of 2023. Fingers crossed, and thank you very much. Hopefully we get to chat again soon. Grace Maloney joining us on the right line. Such a confident young person and genuinely so nice and, yeah, great to have her on the show. And she seems to really be embracing what is to come in in Warilla and it's really exciting to see. Val, another just fantastic example of the people we have in our sport. What a what a fantastic uh, young person to have in our in our game. Speaks so well. Speaks so confidently. Uh, I think I think uh, that Grace will go really well in in that tournament, and we certainly wish her all the best. Yeah, we certainly do. Grace Maloney joining us on the right line. And up next, Clive, we're going to talk about Roll Back the Clock with Dave Vanderwaal and Marisa Lawler. Really looking forward to that. So stick around on the right line. Fast, fun, and for everyone. Bowls Australia's social bowls program, Jack Attack, is like barefoot bowls, but better. Jack Attack is the perfect way for beginners to get into bowls, with the short and sharp format suitable for people of all ages. Head to jackattack.com.au for more information. You're listening to The Right Line, Val Febo and Clive Adams joining you on Bowls Australia's official podcast. Now, Clive, 
We've got two in-office guests here. This is the first time I reckon we've had to set up three microphones for the right line, but uh, we have done that right now because David Vanderwaal, Austra- uh, Bowls Australia's Diversity and Inclusion Manager, joins us, and Marisa Lawler joins us as well, one of the Roll Back the Clock trainers. Guys, thank you very much for joining us here on the show. Thanks Wonderful for having to us. be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you in, and you guys look very nervous here, like I'm a, like we're about to grill you. Um, and and look, it's true, we are going to, um, but it'll be a nice grilling. It won't be too bad. But um, look, first things first, we'll go. We'll start with you, Dave. Um, congratulations, you've just uh, your role has just sort of uh, been promoted, I guess, to diversity and inclusion manager at Bowls Australia. Um, so congratulations, and um, how, how are you finding it so far? Thanks, Val. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, as you know, I've been looking after better ageing programs for the last uh, probably 12, 13 months. And yeah, it's been nice to kind of explore um, a new a new skill set and also learn a few new things. And diversity inclusion is something that I'm personally interested in. And it fits in really well with my background in health and fitness and well-being. So um, yeah, very keen to to dive into the new role and and and, and challenge myself and, and to have a, more of an impact on on the sport of bowls more broadly. Yeah, Dave, tell us a little bit about your history with BA because um, you know, and also the the fact you are into that health and fitness side of things. You're quite a sporting type individual. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so uh, Clive, yeah, I've been with BA now since November 2021, I believe, and um, it's been a really great time. I have noticed that I'm spending a lot of time with like-minded people, sport lovers like yourselves, so um, <clears throat> feel very comfortable here, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy the culture, and um, as you mentioned, yeah, I've, I've come from a bit of a sporting background. I've uh, studied um, exercise science in the past. Uh, special interest there and um, also been a participant in, in sports my whole life. So uh, background in playing AFL, uh, tennis and, and more recently endurance sports. So um, yeah, a bit of triathlons, something I, I, I like to I like to do in my spare time. Uh, I, I think what he likes to say is he loves to punish himself. And Dave, Dave says, I ask him what he does on the weekend. He goes, I'm going to go for a light run. And it's about 20 Ks, I think. So, <laughs> Yeah, am I right in saying there might be a yeah. bit of a triathlon coming up as well, Dave? Have you been doing a bit of training? Yeah, I've got some training, uh, a big training block this week. I've got Geelong 70.3 um, in a couple of weeks' time. So it's my last big push. And uh, from next week, uh, I'll start winding down and freshening up. Hopefully, uh have, uh, have a good performance in my legs uh, come, I think it's the 26th of March. Very exciting and good luck to you for that. But uh, one of the main focuses of your role at BA has been the Roll Back the Clock program. So um, since it's uh, or since you started, tell us about the program and how you found it so far. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the program's focused on improving health and fitness, <coughs> uh, sorry, health and wellbeing outcomes for older adults. Um, yeah, so the, the program was built off the back of a Sports Australia grant back in, I think it was 2019 now. And uh, yeah, we, we, we focused on um, trying to find um, 30 minutes of physical activity um, as often as possible um, with the view to try and get them to that Australian health guideline of 150 minutes of um, light to moderate physical activity per week. Um, and we do that through bowls clubs. Um, through our third parties and and, um, and our trainers, such as Marisa. Um, and we really enjoy uh, being able to deliver an extra sort of activity for Bowls Club members as well as non-members to try and improve their health and fitness outcomes. 
yeah, it's probably a good time to to bring Marisa into the conversation. Marisa, I know you've been involved uh, right from the start, pretty much, with the Rollback the Clock program, and it it provides so much, and you're one of the most passionate trainers that we've got involved in the program. Tell us about your involvement so far. Oh, thanks, Clive. Um, it's a lovely, lovely introduction. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've actually been involved with Rollback the Clock from before um, it became Rollback the Clock. So I was doing some work with uh, Thornbury Bowls Club and we set up as part of my sponsorship for uh, Thornbury Bowls, we set up a sort of session that was going to be like a gentle stretch session for, for older adults and the wonderful Paul Holschke um, happened to come along uh, uh, to that session. He goes, oh, there's a lot of things here that seem really similar to the ideas that we've got um, at Bowls Australia for a proposal that we're putting into Sports Australia. So we used some of the ideas that um, I'd used in my gentle stretching session for, for older adults and we used those as part of the proposal um, for Sports Australia. Um, which was great and, you know, it was, we realised on that day that there was actually something really great there that we could be, that we could be offering. So um, the grant came through um, at the end of 2018, I think it was, and so then Bowls Australia invited me to come on, um, on board with them as a sort of in content development. So I worked with um, Michael Hasmer, who sadly is no longer with us, um, anymore and um, Chris Wallace in developing the content, um, both the wellness side and the movement content for, for Roll Back the Clock. So I reckon, yeah, I, we started developing content back in May 2019 and launched our first program, which was a pilot program at Thornbury in June 2019. That's... So, that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you're right. We can't be it can't be undersold the impact that Michael Hasma did have on um, on yes, rollback the clock. So he was he was absolutely brilliant for the uh, for the program. But tell us, Marisa, um, since your involvement began, what are some of the main reactions that you've seen from participants, and what are some of the things that you've noticed? I think that um, the participants who come along, first of all, are really excited that there is something that they can do that's accessible and that's also um, inclusive. Because Roll Back the Clock has lots of um, modifications that uh, the trainers can, can use, that it's very accessible to people who don't necessarily... Um, have a you know a fitness background so it's like oh hey this is something that we can do um, when they get in just the fact that they're doing it with um, other people like-minded people it has that element of fun you connect and you go oh you know next time you come along there's somebody who you know and you say hi and, and over the program you get to know them they become your friends and even last week after the session that I did at Thornbury, um, they said, oh, Marisa, we're going out for coffee. Do you want to come? And I said, well, I actually can't this week. But, you know, they are building. Um, they, they not just participate in the program together, but then they build relationships. And those relationships extend beyond the program and that's really lovely to, to, see, that, to see that building. So it's not just the exercise components, the connection I think that um, feeds that is 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 different for roll back the clock. I think 
Yeah, Marissa, uh, Marissa, I think this is one of the most important parts of the program. You know, the, the exercise is really useful to people and the and the information they're provided uh, um, on the topics that are covered. But that social interaction is so important for a lot of people that, that might otherwise be um, sitting at home and, and not really getting out and seeing people. Um it also gives them something to look forward to in a week. You know, I'm, I'm totally. you know, whether it's Tuesday or whether it's Thursday, I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, so it builds throughout. A, the, the, it impacts their whole life in a way. Uh, it really does. And alongside of that there, it's it's a safe environment because they're coming in and everyone's at the same, same sort of level. Yeah. And they're laughing together. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter if you... You know, there's a move you can't you can't do. It's just about getting in there and, yep. and giving it a go and giving um, them permission to be themselves. You don't have to be something um, or a particular body type. Or you know, we're just getting in there and doing it all together and having a laugh. And it's I think the laughter aspect. You know, because when you laugh, it also releases endorphins. So you're you know you're coming out and you and you've got to feel yeah. good straight away. Um, it helps them relax. And it, you know, it, you, I suppose it's the, the effect of being in a group, laughing together, you know, feeling like you've achieved something and you walk away from that and you go, oh, you know, that was great. I can't wait for the, I can't wait for the next one. That's brilliant. And talk to us about a regular session and what are some of the sort of staples that take place or how would you run it? Yeah. The great thing about Roll Back the Clock and the way that um, Dave has now kind of included um, you know, all the trainers is that we are given, um, you know, we're given credit for our experience in working with diverse groups. So we're able to look at who we've got as our participants and then and then deliver the program according to the needs of the participants as opposed to going, right, I've got to go in and I've got to do a, you know, a um, presentation on, you know, mindfulness or whatever. You don't we, – we get to choose the aspects of the program that are going to suit the participants that we've got um, and get the best kind of outcomes for them. So at the moment I'm working with a group of adults who are – quite physically able, have done lots of fitness stuff in before. And so I'm able to take the movement aspect of the program and ramp it up. So a typical program um, involves 30 to 45 minutes of movement that is helping develop um, flexibility, mobility, strength, cardio, fitness and balance, all the things that as we age we need to be working on. And then... Um, either through a um, PowerPoint presentation or through discussion, we cover aspects of um, wellness that are relevant to um, adults as they age. So, for example, it could be um, you know, it could be mindfulness, it could be pelvic floor, it could be looking at the legal aspects of having a will, how you manage medications, and there is an absolute wealth of information there that um, that Dave has now you know, is constantly sort of upgrading that we're able to draw upon and use that in the best way best way possible. Marisa, we're also talking about. I love all the information and yeah. uh, that that gets out there. We're also talking about professional trainers, aren't we? And and 
And our trainers are a special bunch of people. They are just really great people that make it easy for people to get involved in these sessions. Yeah, absolutely, Clive. And uh, when Dave is looking for trainers, as Michael did, going to places like, um, uh, well, it was Fitness Australia. What is it now? Australia... Uh, Oz Active. Yes. Oz Active. So going to the places where you're going to find the trainers that have got the qualities that are going to bring out the best in the program. And usually um, it's those of us who are on the other side of, you know, 40 and 50 who understand what it's like to have a body that is changing, you know, and and that has sort of limitations um, because – when we're delivering it, we have to remember that everybody, you know, is different. So it's our ability to be able to read an audience, how to adapt the programs, um, movement aspects to, you know, be able – well, you know, do they need to have a chair there, you know, um, do they need to be sitting down, you know, during it – when they're doing their bowling, do they need a bowling arm to help them? Are they able to get up and, you know, walk – 100 metres or not 100 metres but you know walk the length of of, of the um, bowling green and so on so um, it is really important that the trainers and um, who come have experience working with diverse groups and also being able to adapt the program um, and love working with older adults that's the other other side of it just to just to back up what you've said there as well if clubs are interested in hosting one of these sessions they don't have to go and find the trainer that's what that's what Dave does he finds those trainers so if you are a club that's listening and thinking yeah I wouldn't mind getting involved I don't know don't know how we would do it um, don't worry about that that's not your job your job is simply to to provide the venue and uh, Bowls Australia takes care of the rest yeah and Dave's really good at finding the best looking trainers <laughs> 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 I was going to say, bring your own trainer is optional, so yeah, it's part of my job. Yep, yep. Uh, very nice. And Dave, since you've uh, since you've jumped into the role, how have you seen the program grow since uh, since the lockdowns concluded, especially around you know Melbourne and Sydney? Yeah, it was a really slow take up um, coming out of the lockdowns. We when uh, I actually came, roll back the clock at home. Yeah, so we yeah, we, we yeah, did. So. We did do a series of videos called Roll Back the Clock at Home to tie over participants during the lockdown periods. Um, They are published online, so they're accessible for everyone. And I think it's a really great um, reference point for participants between sessions to to circle back to if if they do feel like um, one session a week, two sessions a week, whatever it is. Um, they'd like to to like to fill in between between um, uh, attendance. So, uh, roll back the clock was yeah part of the lockdown strategy to keep people active and um, engaged with the program. But um, prior to uh, kicking back off in twenty twenty, uh, we did we did have a bit of a slow start coming out of the lockdowns. There was a lot of um, apprehension, um, a bit of slow pick up. People were especially within this um, particular demographic were a little bit more vulnerable. Um, to to co- things like COVID, um, <clears throat> yeah, we I think we did kick off with just the one program initially, mm. um, and that really grew slowly. Um, I believe the first term I was um, actively involved, we went up to two, and um, since then we've had some really steady growth. And um, year on year, at this point, I think we have four, maybe five times the programs we did this time last year. So um, <clears throat> slowly, p- people are returning t- to um, becoming more and more comfortable with group fitness and. Um, putting themselves out there in environments where uh, 
Yeah, and, and obviously with COVID starting to kind of um, to, to kind of wind up a little bit, um, <clears throat> put themselves out there and, and participate again in group fitness yeah. environments. I think the program yeah. really took a big hit over um, over COVID. Yeah. I mean, clubs were dealing with COVID restrictions. Yep. Um, as you say, the, the participants, a lot of them were, you know, a little bit more vulnerable. Mm. Um, trainers, you know, were, were going down. So yeah. it was so hard to get that consistency and that's why I think rollback – actually, some of the people who were doing rollback the clock at home have actually continued, you know, doing, doing that because it fits in um, with – their needs and they could just access it at mm. any time. But I'm certainly seeing a lot more enthusiasm now for people wanting to come out and be with other people and get fit again. You know, um, a lot of people lost so much of their physical ability yeah. because they yeah they couldn't move during COVID. Yeah, certainly. And and Dave, one final one before we let you go. The role of diversity and inclusion manager, it, it's a really important one here at Bowls Australia because we do love to drive inclusivity um, and, you know, well, Serena Bonnell, I think, is one that does drive it so well as a jackaroo. But what are some of the goals for you um, going into the role in terms of, um, you know, driving diversity and inclusion within bowls? Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> there's a lot of work to be done in the sport in terms of inclusion and diversity. Um, Fiona Copen, our um, previous diversity and inclusion manager, did a lot of good work. Um, and I've picked that up. And, yeah, there's, there's still some work to be done. We're, we're looking to implement diversity and inclusion strategy over the next couple of months which we're in the process of finalizing now so um, for me the, the first step is to um, to start that process or, or to finish that process um, more accurately and um, start sharing the strategies with the STAs and 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 that'll flow through to the club level from there um, yeah, the strategy is looking really good. We've, we've got pillars that we're going to focus on. Um, the first cab off the rank and, and the focal point will be women in bowls and, and we're looking to build participation numbers. Um, yeah, and that's really important for us to try and bring that up to, um, to, to parity um, at, at, at office level as well as club level. So the, the broader strategy for diversity and inclusion um, isn't just, just at participation level. It'll start from, from head office and we'd like to lead by example and, um, yeah, over the next few weeks, you should start seeing communications flow down through the STAs, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Marisa, uh, Marisa Lawler and David Vanderwaal, thank you very much for joining us here on The Right Line. You guys have absolutely nailed your first uh, first trial run. <laughs> oh, and yes. Welcome back sure. any time, Marisa. I must say your voice is fantastic for podcasting. Oh. So, <laughs> so uh, if that's any inspiration to maybe start one, I don't know what is. Yeah. But um, thank you very much for joining us. With uh, The Rollback the Clock program is amazing. And Dave, you're doing wonderful work Thanks, as guys. the Diversity and Inclusion Manager at Bowls Australia. So thank you yeah. for joining us and keep up the good work. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. David Vanderwaal and Marisa Lawler joining us on the right line. You can have a look at the uh, Rollback the Clock program on bowls.com.au. Head to the Get Involved tab and scroll down to Rollback the Clock and you can find out all the information that you need about what a wonderful program it is right there on bowls.com.au. And Clive, both both Dave and Marisa do a wonderful job and can't be understated how uh, how important Michael Hasmer was to the, uh, to the program as well in its inception. Yeah, I guess that just gave us a, an opportunity to remember Michael and uh, and what he did for uh, for Bowls Australia and the program. A, a lovely man. Yep. And not, look, um, I think for clubs, if you're thinking about this, you know, clubs are always looking for other ways to engage their community and to get 
people that to come into your club that perhaps haven't come in before. And what what the rollback the clock program does is it gives people a really positive interaction with your club for the first time they come in, real comfortable first experience of your club. And there's every chance that those people then become members of your club and, and could well be members for, for years and years. You know, it's also a great thing for clubs to let their council know that they're doing, you know, we're providing a community service. So it's, it's much a wider ranging benefits here than simply getting some older people together to do some exercise. It's it's a much bigger um, print that this program has. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, the work that Marisa and all the trainers are doing and what Dave is doing, um, yeah, it, it's brilliant. And it's such a great initiative. And it's great to see the reactions that we're getting from Roll Back the Clock, the fact that people are loving it, the relationships that it's forging. Um, you know, there's there's it can only go up really from here because it's just continuing to be a powerhouse within uh, within the bowls world and within the community. So well done to Marisa and well done to Dave on, uh, on the work that they do. But Clive, it's about time that we wrap up the show today. So thank you very much for your efforts. It's been a pleasure as per usual. Yeah, I've got to say, I've really enjoyed that, Val. You know, we got to speak to one of the up-and-coming stars of our sport and what a fantastic job that Grace did uh, in, in talking to us and and then uh, a wonderful opportunity to catch up with Dave and, and Marisa and get all the, the lowdown on Rob at the clock. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, same here. And a big thank you, as you said, to Grace Maloney, Marisa Lawler and David Vanderweil for joining us on The Right Line. It has been Val Ferber and Clive Adams. Remember, you can subscribe to The Right Line via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows from. We are there. We've made sure of that. And remember to follow Bowls Australia on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn for all of the Bowls content that you desire. This has been The Right Line once more. We'll catch you next week.